I had a major breakthrough in therapy and I have been dying to share it with you. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I am your host. I am a licensed therapist, online mental health coach, and I have anxiety and depression. I am here to bring you raw, real, relatable content to remind you we are never alone. And today's episode is no different. Are you ready? Let's do this. I feel like I've been working at this particular breakthrough for literally years. Like I was always on the cusp of a major realization, like an epiphany, and it finally happened. And that is why therapy is so beneficial. It's so powerful because you have the opportunity to explore and understand yourself in a new light. So anyway, you guys know at I've been back in therapy for, I don't know, several months now, uh, since earlier this year, and we have been processing some childhood traumas, some uh, postpartum intrusive thoughts, anxiety, depression, med changes, we've been through a lot in these past few months and it's been amazing uh we've come a long way I really enjoy my therapist I think she's wonderful she's a really good fit she respects the fact that I'm also a therapist and that means a lot to me and so anyway this week um we were having you know a conversation about where to go next because we just finished reprocessing a childhood trauma to the extent um, which it no longer is negatively impacting me in such a way that it's disruptive to my life. So now we can like move on from that one, meaning the work we did was effective. (laughs) And so now we're like, okay, what do we want to do next? You know, what's our next thing we need to address? And I was kind of at a standstill because yes, do I have other childhood traumas and situations and experiences that probably need to be processed? Absolutely. You know, it's not like we're at a loss and I'm like, oh, I'm cured. I like, I'm good. There's no work for us to do. No, that, that, that wasn't it at all. It was just which direction do we want to head next? And so I was just kind of brainstorming, thinking out loud and updating her on my life and that is how we got to this breakthrough because I was talking to her about you know patterns in my relationship with Derek and we'll get into some of this once I share the breakthrough Um, and it just came out of my mouth in such a way that I was like oh my god that makes so much sense especially given what we've been processing and working on so Essentially, if I could articulate this very simply, I do not like for life to be hard for other people. And I know that that doesn't sound like anything major and certainly not an epiphany, but hear me out. I will literally sacrifice 
my own needs, my own well-being, my own emotional, physical, mental health, if it means that another person is not stressed, is not upset, overwhelmed, hurting in any type of way, I will just neglect everything that benefits me for the sake of other people. And I have been doing this my entire life. I am an empath and I'm very in tune with other people's emotions, meaning I feel it. So if someone walks in a room in a bad mood, I literally feel that, experience it in my body as if I am the person in a bad mood. If somebody walks in and is stressed or angry, I can feel it and I begin to absorb that and take it on. Now what's interesting is that in a professional setting, as a therapist, typically I am able to you know, put a kind of wall up and disconnect from that because I would die if I took on all of the hurt and pain of my therapy clients in that way. But in my personal life, I am still struggling to do this. Professionally, I have really great boundaries and they only continue to improve as I learn and grow and have more experiences naturally. But in my personal life, I struggle with this and I always have. It is why I have been a self-proclaimed people pleaser my entire life. It's why I have perfectionistic tendencies and why I am a control freak. All things that I am working on changing, actively working on changing. But let me show you how this shows up in my life. For example, if I am having a terrible day, okay, let's say, you know, Lars is crabby. He is a 10 month old baby. He has his days. He's teething. Like, let's just say we had kind of a rough day or maybe even just a rough afternoon. Cause like, let's be honest, he's never crabby for more than like 10 minutes at a time. The kid is so happy and easygoing. Anyway, let's just say I'm stressed. I'm tired. Didn't sleep well. And Derek gets home and I am so ready to hand off the baby Right, He gets home from work. He just walked in the door. I'm so ready to hand Lars to him and take a break. Like All I want to do is go to the bathroom by myself and maybe like read a chapter of my book for 10 minutes before I rejoin the family. Okay, let's say in my head that that's what I need. I've thought it through. That's my plan. Well, Derek walks in and I immediately sense that he's stressed. So I say, what's wrong? And he said, long day at work and he does a big sigh I will instantly without a second thought without even like consciously thinking this through now not ask him to take the baby I will now go into this mode where I'm like he's stressed he needs to be taken care of my needs no longer matter side note as anxious people have you ever noticed that If, you know, let's say um, you're out at a restaurant and your friend's meal comes out and it's not what they ordered. 
if that were you and you got the wrong meal, you would just eat it and be like, whatever, it's fine, it's no big deal, don't worry about it. Because you're too anxious to say anything for yourself. But then your shy friend doesn't want to say anything and all of a sudden you're, you know, a boss bitch and you're like, hey, this isn't what she ordered, like, could you get the right thing? And you can stand up for them. Even though you have anxiety and you'd never do it for yourself, but now you can do it for them. That's what I'm talking about here. Where we are able to compartmentalize our shit, our struggles, our needs, our wants, and put them on a back burner so effortlessly. It is just so automatic when someone that we love is perceived to be upset or in need of something. And so, you know, for I would see that situation with Derek, see that he needs something and automatically I'm like, oh, he can't handle it. I can't add any more stress to him. Like he is not capable of having a long day at work and then also coming home and taking care of the baby. So I'd rather do it than, you know, put that on him. When in reality, is that the case? Does it make sense for, you know, him being with a baby would probably be a stress relief for him. But now I'm like guarding him from that because I don't want to add anything to his plate. I'm just making these decisions for both of us. Neglecting what I need and assuming what he needs. I've done this in the past with overstepping my bounds in personal relationships, friendships, you know, um, taking on other people's issues to the extent where it's ruined friendships because I don't volunteer information about my life. I don't reach out to my friends when I'm struggling. You can ask my best friend who has been my best friend since seventh grade, how many, she can count on one hand, how many times I've reached out to her to say, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Do you have a second to chat? It's just not something that I do. And in this realization, it's because my entire life, I only learned how to be there for other people. I didn't learn how to utilize other people to be there for me. I didn't even know that my needs were valid, that they were allowed, that I, that I could ask for help and support, and that I don't need to protect everybody else from ever being stressed or having a hard time. The prevalence in my life right now, you know, often has to do with Lars and my husband. Um... I'll, at the end of the day, be exhausted and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to get up and I got to wash bottles and, you know, throw the wash in the dryer and do this and do that. And Derek will say, no, I can get it. Just go to bed. Go lay down. And I'll go, no, it's fine. I've got it. Because I have this fear that he's going to be upset if I don't do it. When in reality, that's never been an issue in our marriage, nor will it ever be. He is the first to say, I've got it. If you just tell me what you need, I got it. I'll do it. And he doesn't, you know, get angry. He's not upset by that. He wants me to tell him 
what I need from him, how he can help, how he can be more supportive. And I often don't give him the chance to because I want to protect him from this perception I have that it's too much, it's too hard, it's going to be stressful, and I've been doing it my whole life. Protecting other people by neglecting what I need. This is a really interesting epiphany that I've had, and it is proving difficult to articulate, so I'm really hoping that you're following along. But I have a feeling that if you can relate, you're still here because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's really tricky learning how to ask for help. It's a different level of vulnerability. Giving people a chance to support you is vulnerable. But also giving people a chance to reject you. And say, no, I can't help you. Or you're asking for too much and I can't deliver. That's a really vulnerable place to be in too. And as a kid, whether this was taught to me, whether it's a story that I just believe to be true or not, this is my reality as a child, is that I was not always able to state my wants and my needs and have those things fulfilled. Instead, I was very perceptive and in tune to the adults in my life and their wants and their needs. Because when the adults in my life were happy, there was less chaos. There was less fighting and bickering and drama. And that meant everyone as a collective was doing better. But what I didn't realize is that in doing that, in making sure that everyone else around me was good and taken care of and never stressed, and I was always thinking one step ahead to make life easier for everybody else, right? Oh, okay, so, you know, my parents get home at this time from work. What could I do right before they get here to make sure we have a good night. You know, how can I, what can I say to make them in a good mood? How can I, like thinking I had this magical power to always control my environment because I didn't want to be in chaos. I didn't want to be in conflict. I didn't want this negativity And that now has continued into adulthood, thinking that I have some greater control than I really do. I'm not that in control, and I shouldn't be, and neither should you. You know, I need to know that Derek, as my husband, can still show up powerfully for me no matter the circumstances in his life. So regardless if he had a stressful day at work or he's tired out, I need to trust that he can still show up for me the same way that I would show up for him if he asked me to. But what I need to stop doing 
is trying to control every situation, control the outcome of every situation by being overprepared, by being the one who negates what she needs to take it on herself. And it's exhausting. I literally can't leave Lars in the care of anybody else without giving them a rundown of what his day has already consisted of and what's to come in his day. Like, by the minute, you know, okay, well, he ate a bottle about a half an hour ago, so he's going to be ready for a snack in about a half an hour. And then uh, an hour after that, he'll be ready for his nap. And when he gets up from his nap, he's going to need his diaper changed. And then he needs a six ounce bottle. And then an hour after that, he'll need another snack. And I put the snacks in the fridge and there's a spoon on the counter. And I refilled his water. So his sippy cup's ready to go. And um, the stroller is in the garage, set up, ready to go if you need, if you want to go for a walk. And the sunscreen is in the front pocket of the bag. And like, I literally will give this whole rundown every single time. But it's not new just with Lars. I've been doing this forever. I am constantly trying to predict someone's needs and take care of whatever it might be before it happens. And it's debilitating. I'm not willing to continue living like this. Relinquishing some control has been so empowering. And I just want to be real with you guys that I'm starting small. The first step of progress I've made has been to stop tracking everything Lars does. For the first nine and a half months of his life, I wrote down everything. I'm not like journaling or, you know, it's nothing elaborate, but I would write the minute he woke up, the minute he had a bottle, wet and poopy diapers, what he ate, his naps, how long he napped for, how much he woke up during the night. And every single day, I just had a running note in my phone of what he did. And if he was in the care of somebody else, then I would follow up with them. So what time did he nap? What time did he wake up from his nap? What time did he have his bottle? Did he drink the whole thing? What did he have for a snack? And then I would go back and I would backlog and I would write all the things. And I've stopped doing that. And I kind of eased out of it. First, I just tracked, you know, I, I stopped tracking like snacks and bottles and I was just, I cut back to just his sleep and his naps. And now I don't write down anything. Now we just go with the day. He's in an awesome routine. I know when he eats. I know when he sleeps. I don't need to write it down anymore. And that might seem so small to challenge myself in that way, but that's where I'm at. That is one way that I'm relinquishing control. So when I'm leaving him with Derek or, you know, one of his grandparents because I have to work for a couple hours Am I still giving a whole rundown and spiel about, you know, what he needs and when? A little bit. 
I'll not, I'm not gonna lie, I will a little bit, I'll still say like, oh, I just changed his diaper, so he should be good till I'm done, but, you know, I set more out if you need him, and he can have a snack if you think he's hungry, like, I've, I've condensed it, I'm really working on it, trusting that other people can and will meet his needs, but this experience in being a new mom, and challenging myself in this way, is bleeding over into other areas of my life. It's allowing me to set better boundaries, to say what I need, to have open communication with people around me and feel like for once in my life, I am being heard. And when I say for once in my life, I'm being heard, I'm not placing blame on anybody else saying, you didn't hear me. I'm saying somewhere along the path in my life, It occurred in my brain that I was not able to get my needs met. Now, whether that was a result of my personality and my character traits and this, you know, hero complex that I think I've always had throughout my entire life, or if that was a result of lived experiences that occurred as at the hands of the adults in my life, I don't know. I don't honestly don't know the answer to that. And I probably never will chances are it's a culmination of both things. Either way, it brought me to this point. And I'm working with a brain that has always functioned this way. It has always guessed at the needs of other people and foregone what I need to take care of the others. And I don't want to live like that anymore. It breeds resentment and it harbors negative relationships. I'm not interested in either of those things. I want healthy, mutual relationships. So when I feel myself overstepping, you know, when I am working with a therapy client and they email me and say, I need an emergency session right now, I'm no longer afraid to say, that is not something I offer. Here is a crisis line if you need to call someone right now. Otherwise, I will see you at our scheduled time next Tuesday. And guess what? My clients respect the fuck out of that. It just happened the other day and a client was like, ugh, I was overreacting in the heat of the moment. It actually isn't an emergency and I'll see you on Tuesday. Or whatever the case was, right? And had I just dropped everything and said, yes, let's get on a call right now, you know, call me, that's fine. I wouldn't be teaching my client how to, A, be self-sufficient and utilize the skills that we've been working so diligently on, and B, I am now creating this codependent relationship where you have to rely on me and me only So if you, you know, have a meltdown or you're struggling or your mental health is really poor, now I am the only source of support that you have? No, no, no. We're not, we're not building that kind of life. I mean, and I can go on, like, see if you message me and say you have an emergency and I immediately drop everything to have that call with you. 
either everything is now going to become an emergency anytime you want to talk about anything because you know I'll just drop it for you and you're going to start misusing my time and yours, right? So setting those boundaries and being able to say, hey, that's not something that I do and I don't. I don't do crisis sessions. That's not something that I offer. I do outpatient therapy. So that was a really good opportunity for me to practice boundaries because I can easily get sucked in, even with my coaching clients. You know, we do a lot of messaging support and I'm historically someone who will stay up late at night, you know, having a conversation with you if you're struggling because I felt this obligation to show up in that way if you needed me neglecting the fact that I needed to go to bed or that I'm exhausted or that I need quality time with my husband who's sitting in bed next to me but I'm conversing with a client and changing those boundaries gets pushback people don't always understand it people say you know I thought you were here for me and I recently started thinking you know I might have even mentioned this before probably Earlier this year, maybe like six months ago, I started thinking about the phrase of, you know, oh, that that guy is such a nice guy. He would give the shirt off his back to someone in need. He is just such a great guy. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's like a badge of honor. What a great personality or, or you know, character trait to be like known as the person who would literally give the shirt off their back to someone in need. And then I thought, so I am now going to be shirtless so that you have a shirt? How about instead I have extra shirts to give to those in need? But I won't take the shirt off my back to give to people anymore. Because then we can all stay clothed. That might be a really unpopular opinion and I'm okay with that it's taken me a long time to get to this point where both of our needs can matter yours and mine and that goes for everyone my clients my friends my family my husband my son like to my baby child yes your needs matter and so do mom's And finally making space for my needs feels really fucking good. Okay, I'm kind of cracking up. (laughs) Because you could, A, you can tell I haven't recorded a podcast in a while. And B, that might have been the longest podcast episode I've ever done. And honestly, it probably didn't need to be. So if you stuck it out with me, I'm so fucking grateful. You are my fucking people and I love you. I really don't know if that makes sense. I'm just going to hold on to hope that the people who can relate understand what I'm talking about and everybody else will just skip to the next episode, right? Like that's all we can do is hope. So thank you for hanging out today. I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.